Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to the InsideCarolina.com postgame podcast. Carolina 78, Virginia Tech 68. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Postgame podcast comes an unusual guest because he's usually the man behind the analysis and the writing and the reporting at the game. Greg Barnes joins me. What's going on, Greg? Tommy, I've, I've done a lot of things for IC over the last 15 years. I believe this is my first ever postgame pod. This is indeed the first ever Greg Barnes postgame podcast. So we're going to get the thoughts straight from the man himself. Greg, Dewey Burke said it the other day after the Wake Forest game that this team desperately needed to figure out how to win a game when they did not play well. I don't think in any stretch of the imagination you could say Carolina played well, but they certainly did enough to get this win. For sure. And this is a game where North Carolina came in with with two distinct advantages, uh, and that is Caleb Love at the point guard position and Armando Baycott down in the post. Um, Storm Murphy is a good player, but Storm Murphy is smaller than I am. Uh, and he played at <laughs> Wofford for, for a reason, a uh, good player, but Caleb love when he struggled this year, he struggled against, uh, opponents who were his peer athletically storm Murphy was not that. And so Caleb really just put the pressure on him on the defensive end, especially, and that really limited what Virginia tech could do. I know Virginia tech still shot a good percentage. Uh, but it really took them out of their offense, and they had to uh, work to get shots. And then, of course, Armando Baycott, um, you know, he's in contention for ACC Player of the Year, and Virginia Tech really didn't have an answer for him. Um, I, I know Carolina kind of got away from him like they tend to do midway through the game, uh, but they kept going to him there late before he fouled out. I thought that was very important. Um, I, I do want to say you know, two players that deserve a ton of credit tonight, Leaky Black. Um, who I thought played very well uh, defensively, but offensively, I mean, Virginia Tech was disrespecting Leakey. Uh, terribly, terribly disrespecting Leakey. They put Murphy on him, and Murphy's six foot tall. <laughs> and on the defensive end, Murphy had a foot inside the paint when Leakey was out at the three-point line for most of the first half. Uh, so credit to Leakey for getting some things done. He made some good passes. And then Brady Manick, uh, Jake LaRavia, really did what he wanted to do against Brady and Winston-Salem the other night. 
And Virginia Tech started the game saying, you know what, we're going to do the exact same thing. We're going to make him stop us in the paint. Uh, Brady, we know he's not a great defensive player, but I thought he did a really good job holding his position, making Virginia Tech, uh, Mutz, uh, and uh, Aluma try to make shots over top of him. And that's difficult to do. And uh, they missed a lot of shots because of him. So he deserves a lot of credit for his efforts on the on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, I agree with everything you say there. Dewey also talked about sort of a manhood challenge. And I felt like uh, Murphy being in the paint when Leakey's got the ball behind the three-point line, that was, that was it. That was that version of that going on with Leakey. Leakey with 10 points, five rebounds, a couple assists. He did what he needed to do. Um, to make Virginia Tech pay. What gets me about Murphy, and, and we'll get to Carolina, but Murphy scored more points in like 30 seconds for Wofford every time they played Carolina. Tonight, one for four, 0 for one from three-point range for two points. That's definitely his worst game in Chapel Hill as a player. Let, let's talk about Baycott, um, especially early. It was clear Carolina was going to take advantage of that, try to get Virginia Tech in foul trouble the way Boston College did. Uh, but Baycott, played well, went one for 13 after that six for six start. But Greg, I'll be honest, the favorite thing I saw from Baycott was getting fired up. I mean, he slung a Luma on the ground. He finally had enough of that guy hanging all over him. And then he went and told him about it. And I realize it's a technical foul. You don't need to get it. He fouled out because of it. But that's the first time I can remember this Carolina team, anybody showing some fire like that on the court. Maybe this is something different we'll see from here on out. But that, to be honest, I'm old school. That was my favorite part of the ball game. Yeah, and, you know, Tommy, we've, we've discussed the fact that North Carolina has played better at home. And we've also had the discussion, well, most of the good teams they've played have been away from the Smith Center, so that plays a part of it. But they do tend to play with more energy. And, and part of that is what you mentioned there. Uh, and Baycott was, was physical. Uh, you know, Carolina did a really poor job uh, – capitalizing around the basket this should have been a 20-point game Carolina I believe was six oh, for 20 whew. on layups uh, yeah that's <laughs> that's not not good um yeah it should have been a 20-point game but yeah the fact that the Baycott especially early was adamant that he was going to the the glass um you know a couple of his early points were off offensive rebounds I thought uh, Brady Manick did a good job and the other component of this too Without Dawson Garcia being available, you already are down Anthony Harris. They were really lacking depth. And there's other things that go into that, we know. Um, but the fact that North Carolina was clearly tired in the second half, late in the game, and yet they were able to make enough plays down the stretch to secure this victory, uh, that, that's part of that toughness as well. Yeah, when you look at the box score, I mean, McCoy had two points on two free throws, and that's it from the bench for North Carolina, five players in double figures led by Love's 22 and Davis and Manic had 15, of course, Baycott 14. That's the first time I believe, right, Greg, all season that Carolina's had all five starters in double figures and they had to have all of them against Virginia Tech team that, look, Tate Frazier said on this podcast, on one of these versions of Inside Carolina podcast, that Virginia Tech was the best team in the conference. That was a long time ago, but this Virginia Tech team is not bad. And they've got some players. I just think Carolina out physical them. When, and again, that's my thing with this team: energy, effort, but physicality. They haven't shown it when they've been pushed around. Am I missing something, Greg? When I say Carolina struggles with teams that bully them 
But when they are able to bully back or bully the other team, they do well. And tonight I felt like they outbullied Virginia Tech. Yeah, and a lot of times that happens at the guard position. And so I really think that because Caleb was able to put so much pressure on Murphy, just because he's such a, a better physical specimen, if you will, uh, that really allowed Caleb to build confidence. And uh, you know, RJ, RJ's done a pretty good job this year for the most part anyway. His issue has been size. Uh, I don't think that was much of an issue for him tonight. But that allowed those guards to, to, to feel that confidence. And I think we saw that play out. They were able to have some success on the offensive end. And so all that goes hands in the hand. I mean, I, I want to say this about Virginia Tech. This is that weird game where Virginia Tech on paper is two and six in the ACC. Uh, they're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament. They've got to win a lot of games here late. Uh, I just think Mike Young has done a really poor job with this group this year. I mean, in a disappointing year for the ACC, Virginia Tech is the most disappointing team in the ACC. And that's saying a lot. Uh, so North Carolina, yeah, this was a good win for Carolina. They will not get credit for it. Uh, just looking at paper, looking in the net rankings. I mean, this is a mid-tier Q2 win. You know, it would have hurt a lot more than it, than it helps in terms of getting the win. Uh, but, yeah, I, mean, I don't think Tate was wrong. I mean, there, there's a lot of good players on this Virginia Tech roster. They have just struggled to put it together this year. Yeah, it's amazing how it works in the conference. I mean, just because you have a bad record, I think what Carolina, Carolina fans miss is they talk about, well, Carolina beat a bad team. Well, this Carolina team is not a really, really good team. So it's you got to win these type games being at home or whatever. Greg, it starts a three-game stretch. Um, Virginia Tech, I believe they said this was their third away game in six days. So that's a brutal stretch. Carolina's got the opposite. They go three straight at home. Boston College comes in, I believe, Wednesday night. Boston College is not good. Um, but what does Carolina carry forward to that game and then again on to Saturday? Well, the, the energy and effort being able to play at home is always a big thing. We're always going to talk about that because Hubert Davis has made that such a, a big point. But I really like what Carolina did early. Um, and to be honest, I think Virginia Tech's style of play, you know, they're one of the slowest teams in the country, very much like Virginia and how methodical they are offensively. I think that helps Carolina. Uh, sometimes you know, if you look at that Miami game, Wake Forest game, Carolina, sometimes like they got too out of control, especially the guards and just made some really careless mistakes, and it got them in trouble. That wasn't the case tonight. And so what North Carolina did early is they said, look, we know we have an advantage with Armando Baycott inside. And they went to him time and time and time again. And before you know it, five minutes into the game, Carolina's up by 11. And so when Carolina has shown a willingness to stick to the script, rely on their best player, and then take opportunities from the perimeter when they present themselves – Carolina's had success, but when their opponent is able to pressure them and kind of get them flustered, that's when things go haywire. And I really think they can build a consistent trend here because they are better than Boston College. We know what happened in Boston. I mean, BC lost by 30 tonight to Wake Forest. Uh, NC State has no interior game. Manny Bates is out for the year. So while they will have success at the guard position, Sebron uh, is, is very good, but he can't shoot. And so Armando Baycott should be able to feast against NC State inside. And so if Carolina does what they're supposed to do, they should have a lot of success. And so I think that's the message this week from Hubert Davis is, look, guys, play with the effort and energy that we, we do at home, and let's, let's do what we're supposed to do. Let's get the ball inside, and then let's swing the ball around the perimeter You know, if they double down like they did tonight 
and get some open looks and knock them down. And if you do that, you're going to win most of these games. And I think if you can somehow win three in a row, that doesn't really help you in terms of NCAA tournament resume, but it gets you on a winning streak. And you've got some big games coming up the next couple of weeks where that kind of confidence building will help. Yeah, they, they've got to get the confidence up. And that's a great point you make. And quite frankly, we hadn't really talked about it. Carolina tries to run with these teams that are as good or, or much better than them, and they just get lost in the wash. And we saw it in, against Miami, against Wake Forest especially. But you're right. When they settle down and run the offense, that's one thing I noticed against College of Charleston early in the season is I felt like when Carolina would run a half-court set, they could have success. Right. And for whatever reason, they've not been able to do that on the road. Maybe it's the environment. It's definitely the opponent. Um, but they were able to do it tonight against Virginia Tech. Give me one thing, Greg, we haven't talked about. Maybe an ugly from tonight. Obviously, the shooting, not good. Couldn't put it in the basket. It just happens some nights. I think the, the opposite of that is they were able to grind out a win anyway. Give me your ugly from this one from Virginia Tech. Uh, I think it's the bench situation. Uh, and I know we harped on it a lot early in the season, but the non-conference slate is where you build depth. It's where you give a lot of these guys that haven't played a lot a ton of experience. And unfortunately, because that did not happen, that was not an emphasis by Hubert Davis, we're now in this situation where you're missing a couple guys and you've got to put in Justin McCoy for significant minutes. Um, you've got to go to Corin Walton, who hasn't played a lot, who hasn't been able to get out of his funk. Puff Johnson hasn't played much at all. He gave you some good minutes. We didn't even see Dunn and Styles, who I thought played you're relatively good at Wake Forest, albeit in the second half. Um, and so that's, that's the challenge for Hubert is, are you going to ride your starters or your top six so much moving forward? Because they were gas in the second half tonight. Um, but at this point, you've got to win as many games as you can because you are straddling the bubble right now. Uh, entering, you know, the last week of January. So you kind of pass the time where you can get these young guys a lot of snaps, snaps, a lot of uh, minutes to be able to play. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's like football, or basketball, it's all the same thing, right? Um, <laughs> but that's, I think that's, that's one of the ugly things is uh, you've got to address it somehow. You just, you've, you've run out of time to do it. And now they're going to have to play some or else you're going to run these starters uh, pretty, pretty bone dry. And that's that's why you build that depth early in the season. You can say what you want about Roy Williams, but it didn't matter if he lost a guy late in the season because he had guys that had played. Carolina had three with 34 minutes. Baycott, Manick, and Leaky Black with 34. R.J. Davis with 38. Caleb Love with 35. I'd be hard-pressed to find a situation like that with Carolina basketball ever, uh, yeah. to be honest with you. I, I'd love for somebody like Adrian Atkinson or some – stat guru to look it up and see if Carolina's had a game where the starters played that many minutes I'd wager it'd be tough to find Greg it's been fun man so a couple of things before we get out of here I'll pick your brain do we know Garcia's status other than what they've reported and what inside Carolina's reported went home for illness what's his availability the rest of the week we do not know although the fact that North Carolina plays you know less than 48 hours uh, probably doesn't bode well uh, but I assume there's a potential for him to come back. We don't know that yet. I would expect him back for the NC State game for sure. Indeed. Carolina 78-68 over Virginia Tech. Get a win on the rescheduled COVID game from December 29th. 
move on to Boston College on Wednesday, and then NC State comes to Smith Center. I almost said Kenan Stadium. You almost got me there talking about snaps. But Greg Barnes has been with me on the Inside Carolina postgame podcast. Johnny T-shirt sponsors. Rate, review, subscribe. Go to Spotify and subscribe and like on Spotify. That's what the Android users like to use, Spotify. So check them out there and give us a five-star rating. It'll be great for us, great for you. And also come back. We'll be back with a post-game podcast after Boston College on Wednesday, on the beat live on Thursday, and plenty in between at Inside Carolina and InsideCarolina.com. Thanks, boys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.